the Artichoke Music Cafe with me is the co-founder of a new label, which she and her co-founder, Damon Boucher, have launched. She goes by the name of Sappho, and her other name is Megan. She's a longtime Portland club DJ and party promoter. The label is called Kritsi Kama, which is Greek for party girl. And they say it is a dance music record label to raise the visibility of queer party music. They're launching with the release of the singles Higher Love on October 1 and All I Want Is You on October 15 with remixes by Portland producers Perfect Health and Nastasha Kamado. Those singles are from an LP due in November. You'll like Sappho. Let's meet her. Welcome to the, the Artichoke Cafe. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So what, what should we call you? Um, let's call me Megan for the time Megan. being. Then okay. I can refer to myself as Sappho. It'll be easier. Uh, all right. <laughs> All right, we'll do that. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> when did you start calling yourself Sappho? Uh, that would be when I first started um, DJing in 1999. I was asked by someone putting on a show because they wanted me to DJ at it, what my name should be. And yeah. um, that was a time when everyone had like aliases and monikers in right. the DJ world. And right. I was... Uh, at the University of uh, West, or Western Washington University, uh-huh. and my minor is in queer studies. So I was in the midst of just loving being a queer studies minor, and just discovered Sappho. We were in the midst of learning about Sappho, who is the Greek poet from yes. antiquity, who um, loves women. And so I was just like, well, just really quickly, it was going to be a temporary name. I'm Greek, have Greek heritage, uh-huh. so I was just like, just call me Sappho. And um, <laughs> then I was like, it's not going to stick because that's pretty lofty. <laughs> It's very lofty. It's very lofty. <laughs> and um, like then right after the show, everyone's like, just started calling me the name. And I was like, wait, we didn't make this official. <laughs> and, um, and like I tried to be like, well, maybe we should just go back to Megan. And people were like, too late. You already named yourself that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, like I said, it's a little lofty, but <laughs> um, I'm a huge Sappho poetry fan. And right. so it was sort of a way yeah, of honoring yeah, this yeah. as are you are you also a poet? I um, thought I was when I was in high school. But <laughs> everybody, everybody, everybody does. Did. Yeah, right. yeah. Real poets are dangerous. Yeah, I mean, occasionally I'll be like, "Well, that was a well-written piece of pro- you know yeah. prose," but I'm like, uh, <laughs> "We're not in the poetry level yet." No, no. Po- poets are very dangerous people. Yeah, yeah, because they know too much about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They know a lot about everything. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know. but in the best sort of way. It's like ob- the way to be able to observe and then take the language and yeah. take it down to its like most basic points to get the point across of what you're ob- observing is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, 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 when I had Jana in here and her, and her girlfriend, um, it was like I had just said, "Be careful," <laughs> because I had a poet girlfriend, <laughs> and she wrote about me. Okay, so like, it, it it can be wonderful, and it can be really awful. Right, when you're like, wait, I didn't want that one. Right. I didn't want that part of my life revealed to the world. <laughs> the love poems, with, yes. With yeah. such insight right, right. and beauty <laughs> yeah. that I'm an asshole. Yeah. Oh, jeez. You know? <laughs> uh, um, okay, so... Uh, let's, get to the, let's get to the new label first. Okay. Let's just start with that. And it's called... Kuritsi Coma Records, which um, is the Greek translation for the name Party Girl, which was my favorite movie in 1995. And I sort of like watching that movie kind of set me on the path of where I'm at. Like I was like, oh, wait, you can be a library science person and into music. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, and so my friend uh, John Damon and I 
got a grant from the Regional Arts Council, RACC, uh-huh. um, to make a record label because we had put together a huge body of musical work yeah. and we wanted to get released. So we went through the uh-huh. grant process and they provided us with money to be able to press it to vinyl and pay for like distribution and all the stuff we we're doing. We've all done the, all the creative in-house. So, uh-huh. uh, and, and, we, and we're getting other uh, members of the Portland like electronic music scene involved. Uh-huh. Hopefully going to get some other people to put some music out on it. We've got uh-huh. some people doing remixes for us. So, yeah. All right. And um, what is this music? Um, it is electronic music um, in uh-huh. the like house and disco vein. Uh-huh. Um, a little bit more of the modern reinterpretation of disco. So we're not uh-huh. thinking like Bee Gees, chic disco, but more um, like the band LCD Sound System uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. or um, even going deeper into that. DJ Sprinkles uh-huh. is a good sort of uh, reflection of what sort of music we're going to try to represent here in Portland. Uh-huh. Yes. Huh. When did you, wh- wh- when did this hit you? Uh, well, David and I had been um, just producing and writing music for about the last four or five years, wow. and we had a body of work. We were actually approached by another label to be, uh, to put some music out on a compilation mm-hmm. for uh, to help artists during the COVID pandemic and yeah. the shutdown um, to raise funds not only to, to just and and be able to give a chance for people to get their music out that had been working on stuff that maybe hadn't mm-hmm. hadn't had a, a release coming up or didn't have anything scheduled and so we put mm-hmm. it out and had a really positive uh feedback from both uh music listeners and had some good press and mm-hmm. so um at the same time we had an album that was done and it's mm-hmm. all kind of like was that like perfect storm of completed album and yeah. then i happened to get an email from the regional arts council wow. and they were like we have money available like and they're it's really accessible grants uh, usually the Regional Arts Council has like five grants. Or, yeah. and traditionally that were like for $100,000. Yeah. And they've changed their grant process down to where they have micro grants of $1,500 and $3,000. Uh-huh. So we applied for one of them and wow. um, were able yeah, to get the funding to all the launch the label. So what is the instrumentation on this, this first release? First release instrumentation is using um, a digital uh, workstation, so uh-huh. Ableton. So we use that for the Meets Potatoes and uh, VST plugins and plus a Yamaha synthesizer. Uh-huh. So, um, and sampling. So a lot of samples. So we sampled a lot of the vocals um, from either uh, acapellas or uh, got some Marvin Gaye in there that we've looped and skewed, (laughs) kind of like how in hip hop, they take the vocals and skew and loop them, loop and skew them so much that they're not recognizable. So we took that same production style Uh and applied it to uh, Uh this, Uh this album. Okay. In your media release, you call it, um... Queer party music. Yes, there we go. <laughs> okay, what is that? Queer, um, well, and throughout. Well, first of all, yeah. let's start. I, I I realize that there is a a raging controversy about the word queer. There is. There are various camps about what it is and what it isn't. What is it to you? Um, I like to say, I think that queer t- is to everybody their own label that they can put on themselves. So okay. people, like, yeah, I because I have friends that kind of are throughout this spectrum of identity um, from people that have heterosexual relationships to completely homosexual relationships, yeah. people that are on the binary spectrum, sexual, yeah. uh, gender binary spectrum. So I like f- find that it's a self-identified label um, and that like uh-huh. everybody ha- can, if you want to say you're queer and you have a reason why you think you are, 
then there's no gatekeeping. You can call yourself that. Well, that's 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 a democratic way of looking. That's at it. my democratic way because I know there yeah. are there's like various camps of what queer means, and I'm like, and I've even had the point where I was like, ah, they're not queer. And they are. And I'm like, that's not on me to describe that. <laughs> right. It's like, so, right. we have, you know, in, 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 uh, in, the, in, the, in the world, actually, there is like a whole underground queer party movement where, you know, and in nightclubs mm-hmm. where there's performers, musicians that perform at, at night mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> to people yeah. that identify, self-identify as queer. Um, yeah. So is queer party music different from other party musics? Um... Maybe not. Um, I yeah. think it's more. I, there is. I think it's a little bit more gentle and mellow. Really? Um, uh-huh. That there is an EDM electronic dance music scene that is more mainstream. So it's more like the alternative to electronic dance music, the bigger stadium level festival sound. Less boom, 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 Less boom, 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 and more like <laughs> lush chords, pianos, yeah. and and yeah. And, yeah. and muted drums. <laughs> <laughs> Now, do you play keys? I do a just very, very rudimentary. But Damon is a prodigy, so uh-huh. he is the keyboard master. Yeah, prodigy. I can, huh? I can, I can plunk out stuff, and he's you know teaching the next generation. And yeah, prodigy. How old is he? I would he? say prodigy. Well, no, he was a prodigy. Now, was, he, now, okay. now, now he's like my age, <laughs> or a little younger. Sorry, Damon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, in order to be a prodigy, you've got to be... He was a prodigy. Too young, yeah. (laughs) Um, So, uh, this first first release, is it... uh, Are there... I mean, what am I trying to say? Um, Are there a lot of tunes on it, or is it more like one long thing, or...? For the first, um, the very first release, which is on October 1st, we're releasing a single from our, uh, the LP. So it'll be... uh, the single and then the remix on on the B side by Perfect Health, gotcha. who is a local uh, producer here, who goes gotcha. uh, goes by Perfect Health. His name is uh-huh. Gio, um, and so he did a remix, a really interesting, more techno, uh-huh. um, stark, dark, industrial gotcha. sounding remix yeah. for our. So it's basically side. a twelve inch. It's a, basically a twelve inch. The very first gotcha. release, and then we have another one on the fifteenth of October with uh, another single because this is all leading up to the album release in November. So it's kind of like ah. how albums used to be released where there was a few singles to, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Cause that's how I m- used to remember buying music in the eighties was I would yeah. end up buying a 45 by like, <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm used to Duran Duran as the example. Cause I did this okay. by the 45 of Duran Duran relax with like some horrible B side that they did that will never be released. Yes. And then there was hungry like a wolf that I got like a couple weeks later and then I could finally buy the album. And I really like <laughs> loved like that whole process so that's what I wanted to do with this label was have mm-hmm. albums but then have like 12 inches sort mm-hmm. of to get you get you excited for what's going to come out yeah yeah it's will it be will, will they will this come out on any other format I mean be, I know it'll be digital it'll be digital um the LP itself will come out um on vinyl yeah so, but the singles will only be digitally released just uh-huh. it's, those are uh just kind of, a, I mean, I hate to say it, singles aren't big sellers. Um, right. And yeah, and, and right. really it's a DJ market and there's not enough DJs to be able to, yeah. to, to re- I mean, you're, if you're lucky, you could, but really to be to press 300 vinyl at, at a cost of like 2000 without, that's just almost cost prohibitive to try to sell a single for. But LP, yeah. um, totally yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah? 
Yeah, well, LP, you can, you can, people are going to want to buy, spend right. money on to buy music, but for two songs, someone's not going to want to spend $20 that would cover the cost of the, the actually produce the, the vinyl. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, do, do, are you, are you, are you uh, anticipating um, sales at your gigs? That's the plan is um, yeah. to not only have them in some stores and on Bandcamp, but to have a merch table set up. Because yeah. I think that's yeah. that's how we do it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. People yeah. like to buy, I mean, I know I buy, if I see a table with music at a show that I'm at, um, and I like the band and I will buy it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's where my record collection really has grown is by just being a, a live venue. So, yeah. Yeah. Did you always want to be a DJ? I... Oh, I think I did. I always wanted. I wanted to be a radio DJ, like since I was a little kid. I me, love no, radio, and I've too. done. I've been a radio DJ off and on. I, know. I do guest guest shows it's the now. Best. It's, it's the best. It's amazing. It's the best. Yeah. I have spent most of my most of my career in television, network, and I mean I've had millions of. But but there's nothing like being on radio. There's just nothing like it. Nothing yeah, like it's, it. It's, you know? it's, and I miss being in the in a radio station because you know we're, we we do all our shows at KMHD remotely. Yeah, you guys have been doing that since since March. it started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but the, you know, it's and I'm just, I'm ex- I know exactly how you feel. I wanted to because I, I came up in the dawn of rock and roll because mm-hmm. I'm very old, and um, and that's that's I and I I just I, I just wanted to, I that's what I wanted to do. It's all I wanted to do. You know, it's funny. I'll tell you. I, I don't. I'll get you to. I want to hear what you have to say too. <laughs> but the funny thing is that. Um, my favorite station was WITH in Baltimore. And my favorite disc jockey was Hot Rod, who did the Hot Rod Rocket Ship show, right? And he was wonderful. He had a $200 tongue twister, and he, was, he, he talked jive, and he was like the coolest thing on earth, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so life goes on, right? You know, uh, everybody changes formats. I change formats. <laughs> I grow up, right? right? And years go by. I mean, and I had this whole long career in, 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 in television, right? And then in 1989 or 90, I know it was, it was like 94, whatever, whatever it was, the guy who uh, I, I worked for, had worked for this guy at a, at, a net, at, a, at, a, at a talk network. He got a job as the general manager at WITH in Baltimore and turned it into an oldies station and gave me a shift and I got to play all the songs I heard when I was a kid. That's amazing. It was, That's amazing. It was amazing. It was a dream come true. I was scared <laughs> when you were telling the story because you talked about someone buying it that they changed it over because a lot of the format when you change the oldies yeah. it's just yeah. having it's a canned yeah. like, and I was yeah. like oh please say that he didn't do that to the station. Oh no but no. Was, yeah. oh, no, no, yeah. no. It was it was wonderful. It was really great you know. Anyway, so you wanted to be a DJ. I did, did. did you have a, a DJ hero? Um, you know, I did. There was one. I was so I grew up um, for a long time up until I was ten um, in Whidbey Island, which is borders on uh-huh. uh, not borders, but yeah. it's close enough to Canada that we got better Canadian radio. Um, service than we got <laughs> from Seattle. So there was a late night show on Friday nights and I don't remember her name, but she was on the air and just was 
who I wanted to, I wanted to meet, I thought she was, yes. co- I thought she was the coolest thing because I couldn't see her. And like, and she was playing music that I And just you totally was cool. crushed on her. I totally crushed on her. And I've no, I'm, and then I imagine now I'm like, she was probably like in her mid 40. <laughs> she wasn't like this. And then, and then I, but by, by the time I got into high school, I discovered college radio. And yeah, that was yeah. like, also became accessible. And I, it was the music I was interested in because it was fresh and different and yeah. exposed me to so much. And that's where I really, when I got into college, I was able to get into college radio. And that was sort of my really goal, my yeah. big goal. And um, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And you're lucky because when you were growing up, they had women on the radio, which is something that didn't exist. Right. You right. know, except for here's the woman's angle with Molly Martin. <laughs> or yeah, or a, sm- a small segment on the news. Recipes <laughs> and, you know, cleaning tips and yeah. stuff like that, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, How I to was- please your husband. <laughs> even even I was you know because I did start trying to research finding out like the history of women in in yeah. DJing and particularly yeah, and like yeah. how there isn't much like up until the mid seventies. And, oh, tell yeah. me about it. Yeah, there was there tell wasn't a female it. presence in 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 the disc jockey world until the mid seventies. I mean, there were probably, but they weren't allowed to have a voice, or they were their, their voice was there. It was very regional. Nineteen seventy three. Yeah. My girlfriend was did mornings on WAYE. And she was the mellow morning mama. <laughs> That's wonderful. Famous for streaking a concert. <laughs> <laughs> Which concert did she streak? Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> the, the, the band was not the, the focus. Not, yeah, that was not, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So um, how did you pursue this? Uh, while I was in college, I um, I did a lot. Of, I did, had a couple shows uh, on KUGS up at, at Western Washington University, uh-huh. and then also at that time. Okay. Do you remember opening the mic for the first time? I um, I actually was really afraid of the mic and had somebody else talk while I really played music in the oh, background wow. at first. It took me a while, and then I would say probably after the third show. I was able to like, okay, I'm going to talk to um, But yeah, I was really mic nervous. Push that button. Yeah. Push, I was like, I was like, you know, you talk, you, you do it. I'll just, I'll just make sure the music's playing in the bit. And I was like, I'll make sure the levels are right. <laughs> I think that was because I was like, I, I, cause I was so concerned because I've like listened to so much college radio at that point that yeah. so many college uh, radio DJs with lack of training would either have the music too soft in their door when they yes. were t- talking or generally it was too loud and you couldn't hear anything. Right. So I was so more nervous about that happening on our show with my friend, <laughs> Jessica Marsh, that I was like, you talk, I'll make sure that I'm listening to make sure that you can hear you. And she was like, You're, this, get on the mic. <laughs> yeah. On the mic, right, right. <laughs> and so then, and then I, um, also that time was going to a lot of raves up in Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh-huh. And, um, DJs, are, they're the focal point there. So I yeah. was, that's where I was really getting introduced to electronic music, even more so than I had been. And it's like, I think I can do what they do. And so we try, I had that on a sh- at radio shows. And then I moved, then I moved to Portland and um, did stuff with my, my, my professional career. Um, I worked as a social worker. Um, but then about, about 2013, I started doing work with X-Ray uh, X-ray FM for off and on. It's been uh-huh. a couple of years since I've worked with them um, uh-huh. for reasons of my own. <laughs> but it's a complicated place. It's a complicated place, and yeah. I decided that like it was just a little too complicated for me. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Got it. Um, so uh, when did you start? When did you start feeling comfortable 
with with it. Or, or well, let me put it another way. When did you start to love the mic? When I start loving the mic? Yeah. Oh gosh, I would say it would probably be when I made made the jump actually over to, and started work, doing stuff at X-Ray. Really? They had me um at first cuz they it was hard to get a show but I was doing the Tom running the Tom Hartman program. Yeah. Just the canned music and or the canned yeah. uh, show in the morning but there was like 15 minutes like every hour and 15 minutes where there was dead there was like the station needed to take over yeah and so they were like just play music and i was like i can also just read all the like info cards that we need for i was like i'm willing to yeah. do i was like i'm sitting yeah. here and doing nothing yeah. so right then i realized okay the mic is not scary at all no no no, <laughs> no. i never met a mic that i didn't like there you go <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that's good. Do you do do you do much talking when you DJ or any? It depends. I um, it depends on what the show is. So mm-hmm. um, if it's, I just actually did a radio show for Worldwide FM. Mm-hmm. Um, I featured only Portland artists. So uh, and a lot of stuff from like the seventies and eighties. Albina Music Trust. Uh, uh-huh. Put on by Bobby D or run yeah. by Bobby D. Yeah. He's been put, releasing all this amazing music, so I had right. a chance to play it on on this like UK station, and I was on the mic talking about the history. Great. So when it's situations like that, um, definitely. But if it sort of is a all involved dance party, and two uh-huh. o'clock in the morning, I'm not going to get on the mic. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I do. I mean, especially in situations where, where it's more of uh, where, where I'm trying to. Sh- inform people about the music even right. if we're even right. if we're in a club is it something special yeah. i will yeah. get some talking going on yeah 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 I, how, how did you discover what makes people dance it definitely i was gonna say this will be it definitely wasn't from watching my aunt because <laughs> she would dance poorly to anything um <laughs> Well, good for her, though, yes, you know, yeah. really. Yeah, but... Um, it's, you know, that's that, it's like, it, it's, it, it, dancing is like, it doesn't matter if you're good or not, it's that you want to. Exactly, that's what it is. And, if, if, and there is music that really does move people. Um, yeah. And anybody, like, yeah. I've always said, like, dance like no one's watching. Uh-huh. And that means, actually, just dance and don't look at anybody else, because then you yeah. won't think that they're watching you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if we can all follow that, we're good. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, I would say it was probably, I mean, I went to middle school dances and like, again, mm-hmm. again, you had the DJ up there and they would play songs that I was like, no one's dancing to this. And then they put one song on and I'm like, this is, this is what people want to hear this sort of music Yeah. again. And then a break to relax. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think that was, I think it, it's just sort of, I've, music, my parents were both huge music uh-huh. um, appreciators. Uh, my dad, he had a huge record collection. He still loves to What's play. their thing? My dad was uh, definitely like prog rock of uh-huh. the 70s. Um, uh-huh. Yes, uh, he loved Pink uh-huh. Floyd. Uh-huh. This, all the 70s rock, yeah. Led Zeppelin. I mean, yeah. pretty much the gamut my right. mom was more she liked she really actually, actually was by my mom my mom liked the more dancier side of mm-hmm. music so she did like disco um david bowie's like disco era from like right. 1979 right. to 1983 so, yeah that's yeah. her favorite time of david bowie <laughs> <laughs> and I, there was a lot of you know we danced a lot to that so and i think that yeah so it was really my mom maybe my mom uh, let's get hey mom shout out to you you gave me my knowledge of what makes people dance for music <laughs> that's great but this, this, I, I was a, I was a, a, a party i was a party and wedding dj okay. for several years when the career went in the toilet um, 
that's a hard that's a hard one i've dj'd oh, wedding God. dj'd once and yeah that's it's and i have friends that do that like as their profession now and they will come to me and talk to me about it. i'm like yeah. not enough money in this world can make do me want to do that we're both doing the chicken dance, dance. Yes, with, we our, are. With, with, with our hands <laughs> da, 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 da. Chicken dance, uh, <laughs> bridezillas, yeah, you got it all. With, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had to do a set, and if I didn't do this set, I wouldn't get a tip. And it was, it was. I don't know why it was understood, but I had to do the twist. This was in the, this was in the, in the mid '90s. I did the twist, the hokey pokey, um, YMCA, and I had to teach the Macarena. And those all had to happen in one wedding. <laughs> I had in one set. In one set. <laughs> I had to teach it. I still, I still, and for years after I after I stopped it, I would hear that, and then like the hairs would stand up in the back of my neck. Like, ah, 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 no, 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 <laughs> not again. Yeah, I, I've, I've, like I said, I have more uh, horror stories from friends. Um, and yeah. I, I did one, and all I, I didn't have to do that set in the chicken yeah. dance because the uh, wedding party wanted a specific playlist, and they had it was really large. And then by the time that like the wedding ended and the, the reception yeah. started, yeah. the bride came to me and told me that she only wanted twelve songs to be played in rotation for the rest of the night. <laughs> and I was like, well, one, we, we we all worked hours together to build this huge playlist of music that you all really like. Yeah. <laughs> but we want just that one soundtrack after the movie Drive to be played on repeat. We'll see how this goes. I was like, your wedding is, your wedding is such People are going to literally come up to me like, what is wrong? And I've told them, I've played it for like two rotations through before she came to me. She's like, that's not what I wanted. I was like, yes, it was. <laughs> that's specifically what you asked for. It was just that one oh, whole God. album. You there's on so many, there's so yeah. many things, so many stories. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, <laughs> I did one, one wedding reception and the guy got dead drunk and like, realized he had gotten married and tried to run out in the middle of traffic oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> i remember you know like lots of fights there's lots because you know because two families and somebody doesn't like the other guy somebody doesn't you know or some uncle doesn't like another another uncle and then a little bit run, of alcohol, out, run out yeah. to the parking lot and take the open the trunks of the cars and get the tire irons i'm telling you <laughs> of course this was baltimore maryland okay so, yeah you know, so I love Baltimore. I, I've actually been there uh, a few times over the past uh, couple it's, of years, and it's, it's actually it's a, one of my more favorite cities to visit. In, it's, a, it's, a to in, it's a toilet. Yeah, it's a toilet. I kind of love toilet. it for that reason. Yeah, well, <laughs> I love it because it's like I'm like, well, this is. Yeah, well, you weren't. Yeah. You didn't live there. I didn't live there. No, yeah. no, no. I know. I know. It's it's quite. But I, I think that's why I like it is because it's still really, really rough. It's, <laughs> it's very rough. Yeah. Very rough. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, um, you, how are you doing with gigs these days? Um, it's been very interesting um, with the Delta variant and with gigs. I pre-COVID was gigging a lot and like actually getting a chance to travel. Two weeks before we shut down um, in March of 2020, yeah. I was in Mexico City performing. Um, Jeez. <laughs> and I was and like and I had like it was suddenly I was like wow this is. Performing's, performing's gonna get really fun. I'm gonna start gigging everywhere and then COVID happened. So now it's sort of like, not necessarily square one, but everyone's, I mean, a lot of us are just apprehensive about putting, doing shows or putting on shows. Um, 
And so I try to be as safe. I have, I am doing gigs because that's what I do. Yeah. But I'm not taking yeah. nearly as many. I'm not traveling yeah. really yeah. Um, just for the safety of myself. I don't, um, uh-huh. don't want to be on an airplane for... Right. Uh, to be on an airplane, do a gig, and have to turn back the next day and expose myself again. Um, mitigate, yeah. Like I said, mitigated risk is really a big thing for right. what I want to do. But right. uh, yeah, it's just it's been really interesting. I have had a chance to play shows, but it's just not the same yet. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I don't know if it's ever going to be. We'll see. No, it yeah. Probably won't. No. Take, yeah. well, if 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 it ever is, it'll take years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not gonna lie. I don't see anything really changing as far as masks go on. It, no. Um, and venues till mid 2022. Yeah. And that's like yeah. at the earliest. I was really optimistic for a while, and now I'm like, eh. are people showing up with masks or without? People masks? are showing up with masks. Um, every venue that I play at personally it has to be uh, vaccination and mask required. All right, that's um, just that's my personal thing. Yeah, there are yeah. spaces um, that I don't really pay attention to because they uh-huh. go around, go against my, yeah. my moral compass, but I know they yeah. exist that yeah. aren't requiring that. But yeah, and everyone is, for the most part, really good about the mask wearing uh-huh. um, in, in venues. Uh-huh. Um, are you a gig? Are you, do, you, do you spin? I do spin, yes, do yes. What do you what 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 gear do you have? What do you use? I um, am both traditional and have turntables, and then the CDJs. Uh, yeah, yeah. I started off DJing on turntables, uh-huh. um, so the records, which is my rec- I've got a nice size record collection, about yeah. four thousand records. And, Me too. Um, got them organized at the beginning of COVID because I thought that like <laughs> now was the time. I thought it was going to take me a lot longer and it didn't. So I thought it was going to be like long enough to write the like pandemic out and instead I got it done in the first two weeks. I also thought oh, we would be done with writing a pandemic out by like June of 2020. Right. So I was like, oh, and then I'm like, well, this is done. So I like, got my records. Re- and so I had gone to digital almost exclusively yeah. until the pandemic and you know, records were just for fun at home. And then after organizing, yeah. I was like, now you got the time to really get to know your collection again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I did. I've been able to. I've discovered music I didn't even know I had, which is that's great. Yeah, yeah. It's almost. It's almost like oh, that's a shame. But then I'm like, no, I think that's what it's supposed to be. Is you're supposed to find stuff that you didn't know if you're a record collector. Yeah, that yeah. you even had. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like going back and 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 finding something you've written years ago that's funny and makes you laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember writing that, but it's really, it's really, it made me laugh. Yeah. And, and then also, yeah, I got lots of records from gifts from people, birthday gifts. And yeah. one of them yeah. was actually given by somebody who had passed away in the last like two oh, years. And, oh. but like finding that, like, I didn't think I had anything. And then finding oh, this like record that was personalized with all these doodles that they did on it. I was oh, like, oh, really this nice. is awesome. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's really good. Yeah. Oh, boy. So what do you think is going to happen? I think well, first of all, what do you think is going to happen with this with this label? What 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 are your plans? The plans are to continue to grow it to get um, some other people that are making music mm-hmm. um, that identifies queer <laughs> to yeah. um, and like whatever kind of that a, means, whatever that means, whatever it means <laughs> to, to them. them. Yes, <laughs> um, and uh, and if like it fits with like our musical vision, um, helping like get them to get music out. I've got some really talented friends and musicians in the Bay Area that. Um, have really only, they've only self-released and they've always been like I don't no one's listening to my music and um, not that I don't think that this label's gonna you know do it but we Damon and I've done a lot of like learning about how to do public relations and um, uh-huh. getting press out and stuff that just a lot of musicians don't 
know how to do as a musician. So yeah, helping like yeah. other people just be able to get them tapped in to mm-hmm. be able to get the word out that they're mm-hmm. that the art they're making music they're making. Boy, yeah. Do you have uh, you have some other people in mind that you want to release? Uh, well, like I said, we've got uh, the Perfect Health and Natasha Cometo on yeah. board for remixes, and then we've got a group out of San Francisco that are musicians that are doing some more. Uh, Music releases or remixes after our album's done. We're going to do like a San Francisco-based. Uh, huh. uh, actual, I think it's good because there's enough uh, music on it that we might get it pressed as huh. a digital uh-huh. or as a pressing for uh, a remix project. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and then I've got like I'm actually like in the works of talking to like three individuals to see what they want if they want to put any of the music they have and what we can do. So yeah. Sounds like fun. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And it's been really a lot of fun working with Damon. Um, uh-huh found out that we love working together yeah it's really funny my partner will sit in the background and be like wow watching you two work she's like one of you will say a word and the other one's like i already did it <laughs> yeah it's, it's really great yeah it's really really great it's and nice. i look over i'm like oh you're working on what i was what i was going to get to next i'll get to the next thing yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. there's nothing like it yeah Nothing and like then that it. was something that we really missed. I really missed. We had been collaborating like just musically pre-COVID. Yeah. And we didn't have the album done. And or we didn't. I mean, we were kind of just like all of our, we were mid-thought in every song we were working on. And then COVID hit. So we tried doing it via Zoom. Try uh-huh. to have sessions, and um, nah. no, no, that doesn't really work. No. <laughs> it just was more fresh. I mean, there was, there was sometimes I could hear the music and it sounded good, but most of the time, it, right. even everything just was horrible. And right. we got to a point that we finally were like, okay, I think it was when they were like, people can hang out at a far distance. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wearing a mask outside, so I'd have him over um, where I was living on our very large porch. And set up like two monitors, like in the middle, with headphones on, uh-huh. <laughs> and sit on the opposite end and work on our, our music like that. And that's what we did for uh, for a while. Well, it works. <laughs> it worked it, until until finally we're like, I moved out of that communal yeah, house yeah. and uh, just moved into an apartment with my partner. Yeah. And we were like, all right, he can come in. Yeah. This is our decision. I'm not having to worry about right. roommates and and, yeah. and such. Being like, yeah. oh, we don't yeah. want other people. And and he was, you know just pretty much by himself so then we were able to get the ball rolling again kind of about june of last of 2020 uh-huh. um, but yeah uh-huh. the first few months when we were like trying to zoom meet it was it just isn't the same no having a collaboration is just the most wonderful experience right it really I mean, is i mean i i had i had a uh, i used to have a, a business partner collaborator he and i and we we did a radio show together it wasn't a music show it was a it was a hard to say what it was kind of like a magazine show a five minute mm-hmm. it, was, it was actually a sports show but it was all field produced and everything but anyway uh and it was really interesting we were, we were roommates he was gay i was not uh and we we did like 162 of these every day we did we did one a day for 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 six months wow and it was so intense and we never had a we never had a crossword that's a good. That's a great collaboration. Yeah, it, yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think is when you have something that you're, you know, there it's being there. There is a production at the end, or is, yeah. there's yeah, something. Yeah. There's like a tangible thing, such as like the show being done. You're like, oh yeah, we've got to work on this so we can get the finished product done. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it was pretty intense. He was actually a, a a projectionist at a movie theater, and uh, we would get all our work done early in the day, and then he would go to work. <laughs> And then I would go to the ballpark and, and do, do my field production. It was pretty intense, but he was a 
He actually was one of the first, uh, when, we, when we quit, he was, ended up being one of the first uh, major AIDS journalists. And oh, hey. unfortunately died of it. But, oh. uh, you know, it's, it's just a, nothing like it. There's nothing, nothing like that experience. Yeah. You know, when you, when you have that, that communication, you know. Yeah, and, and, and communication is key. Uh, but when you when you get into the, the like rhythm where you where you're like, yeah. all right, we figured out how we communicate best, and let's right. go with it. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. right. When you don't have to don't, don't have to say anything. Right, exactly. That's it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, this is great. Congratulations on the label. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Thank you for uh, having me on the show. You know, um, we'll put all the proper links up here. Uh, what would you like us to go out on? Can we go out on one, uh, uh, some of one of your one of your tunes? Sure, let's go out on um, our release on October first. That's coming out, which is Higher Love. Okay, we'll do that. All right, awesome. Thanks, Thanks. a lot. Thank and you, as Tom. we, as I like to say at the end of each show, that's entertainment. <laughs>